Hello and welcome to Don't Panic with Adam W. Warner. Uh, today we have Alex Standiford as our guest. Alex Hello. and I met. Hey, Alex. Uh, Alex and I met at uh, WordCamp Northeast Ohio last weekend and uh, bowled a mean game together and had a lot of fun and had a lot of good discussion about technology and stuff. Uh, but in those situations, you can never really get too deep and learn as much about a person as you can talking to them one-on-one. So that is the purpose of this podcast, Life, the Universe, and Everything, sprinkled with WordPress and development. So uh, so let's get started. So Alex, yes. where, are you, where are you at currently? What location? So actually, I'm located out of uh, Dover, Ohio, which is just a small um, town just a little south of uh, the Akron-Canton area in Ohio. And, and what uh, do you what do you had, do there? Uh, actually, I am a web designer, web developer, and I do a lot of digital marketing strategies for a uh, couple local companies in the area. Um, mostly, kind of strategy, you know, strategic uh, mentoring, coaching, and then execution of content marketing strategies and uh, the like. Got it. Got it. Now, can we back up? Sure. How how did your story start? What were your interests when you were a kid? What what was your thing? What what was that thing that you thought you were going to grow up and do? Well, um, growing up, I always knew I'd always been very interested in computers in general. I'd always been tinkering with them, um, and you know, I remember even in uh, like you know when I was twelve or thirteen, messing around with. Uh, you know, Frostfire and all of those website builders and tinkering around with HTML code and stuff like that. But um, to be honest with you, my uh, career ended up taking a move uh, whenever I was a junior in high school from, I knew I was going to be interested in computers, but instead of taking the web design route, I ended up taking the uh, mechanical engineering route and uh, was in that for about 10 years before I uh, moved over to web design the past in the past two years or so. Was there was there something specifically that made you change your mind about mechanical engineering? Was there a disillusionment? Was there just a lack of interest? Was there just a, a larger interest in something else? What what do you think that was in in retrospect? Well, in retrospect, I think it was a combination of all three of those things that you mentioned there. Um, whenever I was um, in high school and I went in for CAD, I. Um, I initially went because I was really into um, video games, imagine that, and uh, I saw some renderings and some things in the demo of, um, there was like a dragon that flew across the screen, some other really cool things that were being rendered, and I was like, I want to do that. So um, I got into, um, you know, mechanical engineering, and I got into that class with the intent of eventually learning to do 3D modeling and um, rendering with the ultimate goal of, you know, doing more Pixar-like uh, 3D modeling and not so much the um, more technical side. Mm-hmm. But um, as the class progressed, I found that that was a lot of work. And it was not just a lot of work, but it was a lot of very tedious work that I didn't enjoy doing. So um, I ended up finding that I was really having fun with the the act of drafting and drawing and modeling, but I didn't like the very... Um, I didn't like the process that went with the um, the 3D modeling from a Pixar perspective because it was just too it was it was too much 
I, I guess it was, Minutia. you know, the process. Yeah, exactly. It was very much, you know, you move one thing just a little bit, you wait two minutes to watch it render, see what it does. And then you move <laughs> another small thing and you wait two minutes. And it was just, I just couldn't take it. So I ended yeah. up switching over to uh, mechanical engineering because I found that the process was a little more uh, creative. I was able to focus on more on creative things and less on, you know, moving things very slightly to see how they changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so ended up, I ended up getting a job um, and worked in uh, the point of purchase display industry, basically retail. Um, mm-hmm. And I did, I worked in that for about 10 years uh, where I, you know, I did some pretty cool things. I worked for some interesting clients. You know, I've done some, some, I've have, I've made some displays that have been in Walmart and a couple other places. Okay. But, so you were, you were designing and creating these displays. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I, I was having fun with that and I really enjoyed the creative process that went into creating those things. But I was, um, at the same time also starting to really get into messing around with, um, entrepreneurship and, you know, wanting to basically run my own, uh, business and, and, you know, basically make money from something other than just a job. Uh, and that sparked a lot from in 2007, I, uh, got laid off by, uh, you know, in that, in that, during that crash, I was one of the many that got laid off. And honestly, if you listen to a lot of entrepreneurial stories, you'll hear people talking about how, uh, you know, the similar, very similar thing where they got laid off and they d- couldn't find a job, so they created their own. Right. I um, have a, a similar background. Yeah. Really? Oh, that's cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to circling back to your original question on, you know, how all of this comes together and leads to me ultimately working at web design and marketing is um, I found that it was relatively difficult to be an entrepreneurial person with mechanical engineering whenever it's compared to uh, software and writing code, just simply because with code, all you need is, you know, a program to write the code with and a way to execute it on your computer. And you don't need a vacuum former or an injection motor. You don't need connections and money and a bunch of things to really get started. Um, and, you know, that I think that combined with just the natural fact that uh, blogging was really on the uptick right around that time where everybody was talking about WordPress and, you know, content so marketing and social media. Is, is this the, around that 2007, 2008 mark when you uh, found WordPress or was it I after? WordPress, it was a little bit after. Um, I, I had worked a lot with, um, you know, I was actually, I went through a stint with um, a multi-level marketing, specifically Amway, uh, for a little while and tried my hand at that and realized that it was frustrating for me because they were still trying to uh, control too much of how I wanted to run my business. And I mm-hmm. just couldn't, I decided that this wasn't for me. Um, but after that, that was right around the time that I really started to um, look into WordPress a little bit as a blogging platform. Um, and, you know, just from messing around with it, trying to um, promote whatever business I was, you know, whatever I was trying to promote throughout the years has been countless projects that have come and gone because that's what we do, right? When we experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of them always started, I always found that all of them always started with marketing, you know, marketing a product, building an email list and building a website. So just from doing that over and over again, trying to get something off the ground, I ended up getting good at starting building websites, um, you know, Getting a promo- getting a product promoted and getting a product launched, right? right. Um, so today, that's kind of where I'm at. 
um, as a result of, you know, tinkering and messing around with that stuff, um, I really got into it. Well, that, um, that sounds like an, an interesting path. And as you said, um, I think one that a lot of people, not a lot, but, uh, in our community, you, you find that a lot of people, um, kind of have a similar story where they either got laid off or the economy took a dive or some other thing in their life led them to say, Hey, I've had enough of doing this and spinning my wheels. I've always had this passion to do something for myself, whatever that is. And then they find WordPress and, and it seems to be, and it was for me, the tool that allowed me to do so many things, right? Yeah. So, so to test all those business ideas, I had a, <laughs> I had a pet supply e-commerce shop, which was, um, it was not specifically WordPress. It was, uh, oh boy, OS commerce. But then <laughs> I, I bridged WordPress into it to, you know, create a blog. But, um, I think Alex, your story is, is pretty similar um, yeah. to a lot of us. So good. So where do you see yourself, um, well, let me let me back up. Was this your first WordCamp in Ohio, or was it uh, one of many? Uh, this was actually my first WordCamp in general, yeah. Um, I plan on going to many more after going to the last one, but um, yeah, this was my first one. What was your, uh, what was your kind of your um, overriding takeaway? Was it, I'll just, I won't give any suggestions. I'm just curious as a first-time WordCamper. Um, I went with the primary goal of meeting people who are entrenched in the community. Um, I've overall WordPress has been really good to me over the past, especially over the past three or four years. Um, Cause I've, you know, I've built a couple of sites and made some passive income from a couple of them. And then obviously I've landed some pretty exciting work as a result of it. So I really wanted to do two things. One, I wanted to meet other people who are entrenched in this community because um we all have issues and things that we want to fix with WordPress and, you know, it's always good to know how other people are solving those problems. Sure, and, yeah. um, and two, I wanted to have an opportunity to, um, give back to, to the community. Cause I, you know, I've taken over the, I think a lot of people, um, who really get into open source things start by taking and taking and taking just because they don't know enough to give. And, um, I'm kind of at that point. I feel like I'm at that point where, um, I'm past the the phase where I have to just take. I can also give back to the community, and I um, am really excited about having the opportunity to uh, be able to do that. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, that's really cool, and I I think hopefully that's what a lot of people find uh, with WordPress. And once they go to, you know, first they probably get involved in the .org forums once they're when they're figuring things out and then maybe they move on to or in conjunction with just general Google searches so they start following some WordPress specific sites or some WordPress specific people or podcasts or what have you mm -hmm. and then they learn hey people actually get together in person via meetups and and these things called WordCamps and when I went to my first WordCamp and it was years that I'd been online in the community before I went to one it was it was like a revelation you know, it was it was putting a a name and a face to the avatars, and it just made that connection to the community that much stronger. Yeah. So I'm glad you had a good experience, and uh, 
Yeah, yeah. there's a lot more coming. There was actually a really good phrase that I read somewhere on the on Twitter uh, not too long ago regarding the hashtag for WordCamp, and it I, I I'm gonna butcher this, but I'm gonna power through it. Sure. Um, it basically <laughs> said, uh, "I used to think that I th- um, I used to think that WordPress was software, and the community was built around it." But after going to WordCamp, I've come to realize that uh, WordPress is a community with software built around it. I was like, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's nice. Um, was that Rich Robinkoff? I don't think it was Rich. I think it was actually uh, um, Zachary, Zach Skaggs. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah from uh, yeah. from Ninja Forms. Yeah. Zach's a, a good guy. Met yeah. him. Spent some time with him. And Rich, um, Rich has the same kind of... Uh, idea as that and he he came up with a a quotable phrase that i believe he's going to use in the future called the humans of wordpress which kind of makes sense nice. right yeah uh, yeah so alex let's 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 get off the subject of tech and wordpress for a minute okay um tell me what your oh geez i'm trying to think of a an interesting question um what is the one thing that you regret most in your life so far and why? And it doesn't have to be a big story. It could be a short story. Okay. Um, honestly, I, I would have to say the most notable regret of mine is that I didn't get a grip on finances earlier in my life. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm 28, so it's not a huge deal, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just now really getting to the point to where I'm, truly getting in the flow with my finances and, and managing all of that stuff really well. And, um, I just wish I would have done it, you know, wish I would have done it a couple, five years ago, at least just cause now that, you know, I've basically automated the entire process and my life is just so much easier. I mean, there's yeah. so much less stress and so yes. much less to worry about. And it, it, it's amazing. Um, you don't really think about how much of an impact remembering to pay a bill has on your life but if you just get to a point to where it just manages itself and you don't even have to think about it it just life just gets that much easier well and and i am 110 percent with you and i think there's obviously there's millions of other people that would probably agree with with you as well um and there is no stress like the stress of not only remembering a bill, but then getting behind on bills and then trying to juggle which one to pay first uh, and, and that whole mess. Uh, so kudos to you for taking taking control of that situation. It's uh, it's never an easy thing once you once you start dealing with it. But, um, you know, I've been through my ups and downs as well. I got in my early 20s. Um, college, of course, I I got my first credit card, and it was all downhill uh, yeah. <laughs> for the first few years. So, I went for many years with not taking care of that stuff. But um, and then went through a few a few times with taking care of it, and then letting it go again, and taking care of it. So, um, that's good advice. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, it. I guess you could see that as a re- regret, but not really, right? Because yeah. now you now you know the importance of it, right? Yeah, I guess I just wish that uh, I didn't have to learn it the hard way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is, is well, really what it comes down to. Some of us are gluttons for punishment. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, cool. So, um, so we talked a little bit about um, what you were doing on the side with WordPress. You have a plugin in the repo. It's uh, called Beer Lister. Easy Beer Lister. Yep. Easy Beer Lister. 
people, check it out. Go to wordpress.org forward slash plugins and search Easy Beer Lister. Uh, so it is a plugin for beer, Alex. For beer. <laughs> yes. Um, it's uh, basically what you do with it is um, it was designed for breweries, you know, microbrewers and the smaller ones specifically. Um, what I've, a challenge that I've noticed a lot of breweries have is they have, um, it's difficult for them to manage all of the information about their beers. So basically I created this plugin that allows them to, um, it creates a new uh, place for you to add beers to your website. So you add it and you can add the name description and all of the pertinent beer information, the pairings and all of that stuff. And basically it, it adds all of that stuff to your WordPress website and um, automatically creates, you know, the, the, a list, a page that lists all of your beers, a page that filters it by style and by availability. And, you know, you can sort it by, um, how bitter it is with the IBUs and, and, uh, all of that. So it's, it's basically there to allow, to cut back on how much brewers, uh, copy and paste on their website. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds pretty useful and it sounds like a really specific market. And a few weeks ago I was at WordCamp Asheville and I can attest to the um, the need there. <laughs> there yeah. It seems like there was a brewery literally on every other corner. Yeah. Um, so, sure. and obviously that's a, uh, I think that's a, a business model that's seen a lot of growth in the last few years. So yeah. do you have a plan to monetize a pro version of this or to market uh, the availability of the free and or a pro version at some point? And if so, what, how are you going to do it? Well, um, I definitely plan on monetizing it, um, but how I'm still a little not I'm not 100% sure. Um, as of right now, I have one add-on for it that is that is a paid add-on. Um, basically, what it'll do is it'll take there's a social network similar to that of Foursquare called um, Untapped, and what you do is basically you can check in beers like beers that you drink and um, the brewers add their beer, take that beer information and then save it so that they have the ability to um, basically show off all their beers and everything um, through a social media platform. Um, so as a result, what happens is all these brewers have all of their beer information already saved on Untapped. So what I did was I created a plugin that'll basically um, connect to your Untapped account and import all of the beer information that you've already added into Untapped directly into WordPress. Will it also allow you to import and or display the reviews associated with the untapped site? It doesn't do that. Um, it just, right now, all it does is it imports. However, that is something that is, you know, on the list of okay. uh, things. I'm I'm in a spot where I'm, I built the plugin and I actually just finished building the first theme specifically designed for, for breweries. Um, and it's actually in the SVN right now, or it's, it's in the, you know, process of getting approved right now. But um, I kind of, before I, dove in and went really gung-ho with building the add-ons. I really wanted to make the core plugin solid. And I felt that the best way to do that was by building some themes and actually using it myself. Sure. And well, that makes, that makes sense. Eat your, eat your own dog food for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what is the website address where we can find information on Easy Beer Lister and the one available add-on at this point? Uh, it's actually easybeerlister.com. Well, and, that uh, makes sense. If you go sense. there... 
Oh yeah, nice and easy. Um, yeah, if you go there, there's information about the add-on, information about the plugin, and sometime in the uh, not too distant future, um, I will also be adding the themes to that as well. Very cool. Um, well, I wish you the best of luck with that, and let me know if you um, have any questions along that process uh, when that uh, when the marketing starts. Uh, we'll definitely help you spread the word because uh, you know we this community has all kinds of people in it, but there are um, a group of people that do enjoy the ice cold craft beer. So I'm sure you can get some play within the community as well to not only use your tools for themselves for their own projects, uh, but to also help a fellow community member spread the word. Yeah, for sure. If it seems like if, uh, if a WordPress developer doesn't have a client who's a brewer, they make their own beer. So Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody kind of will benefit. I really believe everybody will benefit from it. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Uh, so, Alex, uh, do you have any questions for me? Do you have any subjects that you want to bring up um, that we can chit-chat about? Um, sure. Let's uh, let's chat a little bit about um, your podcast. How did you come to... I know you'd made mention... We talked a little bit about this at a WordCamp, but how did you come around to um, making the decision to revamp and revive this podcast again? What's your uh, motivation? Uh, my motivation is that it was nagging at me since 2011, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. uh, because that's when I started it. Um, and I did a few video interviews. It was a video podcast at that time. Um, at that time in 2011, I had four different websites all based on different aspects of WordPress and WordPress tutorials, some marketing, some um, end user, some developer level stuff. So through the years, um, I've consolidated and streamlined. So last fall, I said, "Oh yeah, I, I remember. I have this podcast. Let me, let me, maybe see what we can do with that." And so I have a four-year-old and two-year-old boys. My wife and I do, and uh, because that had been my life twenty-four-seven, working from home, running my own uh, plug-in business. Uh, dad stuff was top of my mind. So I figured, well, well, I'll make a podcast about working from home and being a dad and this and that. And the first episode, it was at night. So I was talking like this and I sounded really yeah. creepy. <laughs> so, uh, and then the second episode, it was something that came up at the, at the public play area. And then, you know, life happened and I, and I lost it again. And it wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really 110% on with the dad subject because I just, you know, it's going to get, it's going to get old at some point. Yeah, right. But this community I'm in, um, and I put out a call. And so I've just had this urge to keep doing it, keep doing it. So actually, I found Zencaster. And if anybody listening wants to check it out, it's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. So the uh, Silicon Valley, Valley version of a name is Zencaster. Um, super cool service. Records audio within your browser. No need for anybody to use Skype or Google Hangouts or anything. And then does um, some audio editing for you, connects to your Dropbox, and you're good to go. Uh, So I found that, and I thought, well, this is easy. Because before that, it was like, okay, what tool should I use? What should I do with this and that? And I gave it a test uh, last week with another guy, Michael Hall, that I met uh, in Asheville a few weeks ago. And now uh, with you, and it, I found the process to be easy, and I'm in really enjoying my conversations. Cool. Uh, so there you go. So we'll see how it goes. And, and uh, it is called Don't Panic. Uh, 
life, the universe, and everything. So again, it covers some WordPress, some development, some childhood stories, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Still a little young, so we'll see where it goes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all very fluid and organic. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see if it gets some feedback. Uh, by the way, if anybody is listening. <laughs> then uh please please rate the uh podcast in iTunes give us a uh anywhere between 1 and 5 stars uh, hopefully toward the 5 so we can get a little more visibility in the iTunes store and get a few more people listening um yeah so so Alex do you have uh are you married do you have kids do you have uh, a significant other what uh, do you have brothers sisters what was your what was your childhood like what's uh, what's the family dynamic look like over there in Ohio so, um, I'm actually one of five, <laughs> a fairly big family, um, with a widespread net. My oldest sibling is 10 years older than me and my youngest, the youngest sibling is six years older than me. So I'm kind of in the middle and there's this six year age gap between, um, all of my siblings, which brought about a pretty interesting, fin- uh, family dynamic growing up. Um, I do have a child, um, a son, his name is Ben and I, Got to say that had a pretty big impact on my life over the past year. Uh, he's turning two in October. Ah, congrats! Thank so you, you know the struggle. I yeah, I really <laughs> do. Yeah, Happy Father's Day in advance, by the way. Hey, thanks. Same to you. Uh, yeah, um, but he, uh, you know, whenever we had my wife and I um, had him, um, we it kind of lit a fire under me to that was really the straw that broke the camel's back, um, back to the original topic of switching from engineering to web design, mm. by the way. Um, I had him and then I was going to work and I was, I was in a relatively high up position as far as engineering and design goes within the company I was working in. And as a result, I had a lot of responsibility and they just needed me there a lot. And it was just killing me to, by the time I come home, both my wife and my son were basically falling asleep and I just never got to see him. So I just, I actually quit on June on like the day before my birthday last year, May 15th, May 15th, I mm-hmm. turned in my two weeks notice and basically just started cold Turkey on a freelance career, June 3rd. And, uh, was doing the engineering thing on a freelance basis and kind of fell on my face a little bit, but, um, I, it was a six month. Um, I basically like was freelance exclusively in engineering for six months only to find that I, you know, still wasn't too sure about taking this route. And I just finally made the switch and fully committed to web design. And within, you know, two weeks of making that switch, I had a job and I had moved on and now I'm working my way back into uh more, more, um, solopreneur esque stuff and, uh, really focused on that. So, you know, for me, my personal motivation is actually my family dynamic and my son and, and all of that. We're actually talking about uh, moving to uh, um, moving into a camper and living in it for a while, and and kind of traveling across the country and and seeing mm. seeing uh, seeing the rest of the country because both of us have really only lived in Ohio, so um, we've been thinking about it and you know the debate on where we're gonna finally put our roots down and stay has just been up for debate nonstop. So. Um, do you uh, do you currently own a house or are you renting still? Yes, uh, I do own a house, um, but we're not in it right now. <laughs> so ah, okay, um, yeah. So I um I think that's awesome, and I think you should do it uh, because life is short, and why yeah. not? 
What's yeah, the worst exactly. that could happen? As long as you guys are together, as long as you have money for gas in the tank, and even if you don't, you can hang out somewhere until you get gas money. And more importantly, as long as you have food, right? And yeah. your son now is young enough where uh, he's he doesn't need to commit to a school. And then, of course, you could always you know homeschool and stuff later in life. Right. But um, we, my wife and I, have discussed similar. Uh, um, you know, options, but I just, it's not going to happen for us because we're now we're four and two with a dog and it's just not going to happen <laughs> until yeah. maybe retirement. So I am 100% behind you. If you decide to do that, um, I will follow your traveling blog. Yeah, there and, will undoubtedly uh, be one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, good luck to you. I hope, I hope that does happen for you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, but it uh, I don't know. We're just thinking of traveling basically everywhere and just seeing what works and and it use that information to kind of decide where we end up staying. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good way to explore your options. You know, yeah. um, go check out a few different spots and see what speaks to you. You know, maybe moving west is your thing. Maybe east coast is your thing. I um. And the reason why I, I'm so behind you doing this is because I waited until I was 30 to move out of Michigan for the first time. And when I did, it led to us, it first, it immediately changed my life because I, I moved to Florida and I was wearing flip flops and flowered shirts to work. I was, <laughs> <laughs> so being cut, just coming off a hard winter, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, but it led to a series of events that I couldn't have predicted that have changed my life, including meeting my wife, right? Well, that's so awesome. Yeah, and um and then the second big leap was uh I ended up back in Michigan and then making the decision to to quit a job up there that was really good and I had good stock options coming which I hadn't yet vested but we dropped all that and moved back down to Florida for various reasons. So boy, I bet that was scary. That's one of the scariest things, isn't it? Making a decision like that. Where you know yeah. you've got a really good job and you know things are going all right, but you just know that something's not right, mm-hmm. and um, it it you have you feel like you don't have a choice. You have to you have to make this move, no matter how hard it is. This has to happen because you're just not it's not right, and it's it's difficult. It's it's difficult to articulate, and it's difficult sometimes for me. It was difficult to explain to my wife, <laughs> you know, like get um, she saw it and she understood um, that struggle. But it was just, it's one of those things that in a lot of ways you, you fight through, um, on your own in some respects mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, but it, that's, that's really cool. I'm glad to hear that you were able to get through that. Yeah. I, and I, I and assume I, it worked out, right? Yeah. Well, so far so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, I'm like jumping to conclusions here. You know, well, yeah, no, it was really terrible. It was the worst decision ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, of course. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy where, with where life has taken us so far and I only expect more unexpected things in the future and and it seems like making those decisions quick was the key uh, because then I wouldn't have time to second guess myself so like with the second time I I flew down I learned of a job opportunity flew down to Florida to interview I interviewed the next morning on my way to the airport in the cab no in the rental car I got a call with an offer for the job so when I got home, I that, that was a Sunday, and on that Monday I put in my two weeks' notice, 
And within two weeks, in the middle of a blizzard in on December 8th in Michigan, we packed up a <laughs> semi-truck with all of our stuff and then our cars uh, and our animals and and made our way to Florida. So it just happened that fast, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's how it needed to happen. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we would have been wondering if it was the right decision. And you, you just can't. You can't sit and wonder. You just got to do it. Yep, for sure. Cool. Well, Alex, we're getting to the end of the show here. Um, I hope uh, you have enjoyed telling us your story, and I hope our listeners have en- enjoyed hearing yours. Where can we find you other than easybeerlister.com? You can actually find me on Twitter. Um, I'm fairly active on there. Uh, it's at Alex Staniford, and that's A-L-E-X-S-T-A-N-D-I-F-O-R-D. Um, I do uh, just a lot of just lots of tweets about WordPress, beer, and other things that I'm interested in. You know, my dog, my family, pretty much your typical uh, father <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yep. All right. All sounds good. Uh, what is the next WordCamp you will be at? Do you I think know? I'm going to? Yeah, I think I'm actually going to go to the Columbus. Um, okay. I'm debating on Pit- I'm debating on Pittsburgh, but um, I'm a lot more confident that I'll end up going to Columbus, if not both, just because I have some friends and family that are in that area. So it'll be a good chance to uh, maybe go there a day early, see some friends and family, uh, sleep, <laughs> and then go to WordPress and then don't sleep. That sounds good. Uh, WordCamp Columbus, by the way, everybody, is happening on August 26th through the 28th. And from what I hear, it's a really good camp. And I will be there as well. So, Alex, I will see you there. All right. Great. See you there. All right, Alex, thanks so much for your time. Everybody listening to, to the Don't Panic with Adam W. Warner podcast, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next time. Later.